I went into that blind about a Christmas song. What's Mariah Carey's Christmas song? Jingle bells, jingle bells. I heard it. Stop I heard, it. Um, hey, like, stop it. Oh, yeah. Leave it. I watched the latest Just show the other it. night. It was on. And was it Samson did uh, Jingle Bell by Wizkid variation? It was pretty decent. Yeah. Still. But I ain't got it in my locker. I ain't got my locker. Godna! Nah, yeah, Happy Kwanzaa. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Season's greetings. How are you, my friend? I am. I am cool, man. It's always good to have some time off with the family. It's always good to not be going to work. Um, and just off the back of life, I personally think the best World Cup in my lifetime. Oh, well. yeah. People are saying this. Yeah. People are saying this, and it's controversial. I, I'm saying what you like about. Do you know what? Yeah, I've, I've definitely I've heard people. We didn't do a podcast during the during World Cup thing um, season. Um, much to the frustration of many people, but like it also is. Um, we took a break. We, we, yeah, we took a break. Um, it's good to do that. Come back refreshed. Um, like Tottenham did. Do something completely different. <laughs> no, what no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, what was, what was, um, what was good is that we, there was the backdrop of all the controversy, how the stadiums went up, how much money you've been pumped into. Blah, how many blah. people died? A, let's be honest. How many how would, people, died, yeah, how many yeah. would died exactly also. But there was also like um, a real message around uh, people were saying, oh, you know, I don't want to watch I don't want to watch the World Cup because um, in Qatar they don't they don't accept um LGBTQ uh, kids, plus. LGBTQ plus people, etc. And however you feel about that, however you feel about that, you have to remember that when you're going into a country they have their rules, they have their, their culture, they have their way of living. You can disagree with it. I'm not saying anyone has to agree. But if you don't if you don't agree with it, right, then you just don't go to the country, you don't partake. And that's also fine, right? But what I think is a what I think is an issue is that when France um France ninety eight happened, no one wanted to boycott it despite the, the contract that that France have in place that stopped countries like Cote d'Ivoire and Congo from flourishing. And the amount of money they're still taking from them post-colonial post-colonial times, no one tried to stop using it then, right? And you got Russia when, as well. Yeah, you've got Russia doing the manners that they've done for a very long time. No one's trying to boycott that. Euro '96 done in England, right? In a country that's been built on some of the most, you know, egregious colonial acts of in in history. Full stop. Right? No one said anything. USA built on, on and still having so many issues around race and that blah. No one's calling out there, but now we're in a generation where people have more access to information, all that kind of stuff. So then they're more quote unquote woke. So they're happy to make these um, these statements. All I'm saying is that like all of that side of that side because every host who has got the World Cup right, I'm sure there's some dodginess behind it, and their I'm country not. has a history. And their country has a history of things that they should not be proud of. By default, 100%, right? 100%. 100%. So yeah. I was able to put that to the side because I watched France 98. I watched, you know, World Euro Cup. 96. I watched all of them. Do you see what yeah. I mean? I watched all of them. And all of these countries have disgusting histories. And also, present time have got some disgusting things going on. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what people don't realise. Present time have got some disgusting things going on. 
and I, I engage with it. And so I'm not going to have to come out here trying to say that, you know, I'm not going to go and watch the Qatar World Cup. So first of all, that's, that's where I stood. And then I was able to enjoy what I felt was the best World Cup in my living memory, for sure. It had upsets. It had great scoreline. It had Titans going head to head and producing. It had loads of drama. And it finished with the greatest football of all time, lifting it up against the all odds, bro. The 35 year old drunk, dragging a bunch of kids, playing every minute of the World Cup, and going against who I think is the heir to the throne. I've said for a very long time that Mbappe, for me, is next up. I said it much before. When people are still talking about Neymar, I said the difference is Mbappe turns up in big moments. And people say to me, mm, does he really? And then they start to see. How he does that? I've always said that Neymar runs and hides, and I've always been, I've always been a, a big crit, 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 um, critique of his, and we've had debates about that for sure. Mm-hmm. So I thought, all in all, it was a fantastic, it was a fantastic amount um, of football, um, and I also was my prediction was absolutely correct. I said a Tottenham player would miss the World Cup, and a Tottenham. Oh, that, predi- oh, that was your t- your. That my prediction. Right. I said what happened to Tottenham. Well, 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 calm down, calm down. I- I'm going to come on to that. I'm going to come yeah, on to that, We can do that. We can do that. We'll come on to that. that. But, I mean, I just want to echo some of your comments on the World <clears> Cup. <throat> I went into it with mixed emotions. I always think a World Cup where Brazil do well is a good World Cup. So 2002, to me, seemed like a really good World Cup because we had the real Ronaldo, the Ronaldo, R9, Nazario, overweight, funky haircut, come and bang eight goals. And it was the <laughs> it was, it was, it was so good. <laughs> and you had okay. not only him, you had the tandem of him. Rivaldo scored five, I think it was. The emergence of Ronaldinho on the world stage, lobbing Seaman and doing bits as well. So you had three R's up top doing bits. So for me, that always feels like a special World Cup. But I think it didn't have the controversy of some of the VAR decisions. It didn't have certainly the... Um, surprises the japans of the world the moroccos of the world belgium getting knocked out things like that all of those exciting things didn't have had some good goals but i think like you say everybody wanted to know who the goat was going to be right who who the real goat of this generation is and and i say goat messi is the goat of this generation i don't rank messi i'm not ranking him against maradona i'm not ranking him against pele I'm not doing that. I'm not going into that debate because for me, there's only one king and that's Pele, but that's because I grew up worshipping Pele, right? Yeah. He is Him and Ali are my two biggest sporting heroes, mm-hmm. fact. But, and I feel like that's because they're older than me. Like, I can't respect someone and look up to them and idolise them almost. I know you're not supposed to have idols, but yeah. Messi's, Messi's younger than me. Do you understand yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's a different appreciation of Messi that I have, but certainly for this generation. And you can probably include Zizou in that and probably um, Ronaldinho in that, in this current yeah. era, that he is the best of the bunch. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and it was good to see that because I always stand on his side. I respect CR7, but I stand on the, this side of the line or the argument. It's always been Leo for me. It's always been Leo. And you're right, the next up-and-coming superstar, big game, big moment, taker. Neymar has always gone running and hiding. He's always been injured. There's always something. He's always on holiday, celebrating his sister's he, birthday. Oh, it's just, he's, he's, he's just, he's just me- mentality, rather. It's like his, his mentality, he doesn't have, he doesn't have that, that clutch, that clutch genie which we discussed. Like, I'm telling you, I can't remember what the team was, but he was, um, he was free on goal. Brazil needed a goal. He was free on goal. Um, he, he crafted out the opportunity himself, you know, dribbled into mm-hmm. the friendly area, took on a couple of players, and then he, was, he just had to keep it to beat. And instead of going for the shot, he tried to win the penalty. And in trying to win the penalty, he didn't, the keeper kind of outsmarted him and didn't really take him down. Mm-hmm. So then he just went down as a dive. And I'm like, if you had a killer instinct there, you go for the shot. You score. You, you, you go for the shot. And even if you don't score, right, you're taking the shot on goal. But mm-hmm. you're just going out to try and get the penalty, bro. It's like, that is just, it's just weak. It's just weak. So yeah, man, yeah. He's shown it too many times. Shown it too many times. Whereas Mbappe, bro, well, he's World got, Cup finals, done, he's done it. Champions he's got four League, goals in World Cup finals. That's not by the so. age of twenty-three. So he wasn't quite twenty-four yeah. yet. Uh, he scored 12, 13, Was it eight, five, and eight? So thirteen mm-hmm. goals in World Cup finals. He's what three off closer, and the real Ronaldo two off the real Ronaldo past Pele. Um, Yes, Justin Fontaine scored 13 goals in one World Cup, but that's an aberration. Like, he's the first player since 
R9 to score more than six goals in the World Cup since Justin Fontaine did it um, in 1958 or whenever it was. So he's setting records. I know Haaland's gone nuts <clears throat> to start off the season, but I think Haaland needs more service than Mbappe does. Mbappe's shown, like you say, that clutch gene, second to none. And then you can even compare that clutch gene to someone like Harry Kane, who I know we're going to get on to the Spurs players. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's do it because I think you your prediction on a Spurs player was going to win the World Cup was 100% right. <clears throat> but but I think we all kind of suspected that we'd have four players or three players um, on sides that potentially could win it in the semi-finals, right? So we were always going to have Lloris. We all knew we were going to have Romero. And we thought we'd probably have Richarlison, potentially mm. Kane, um, in and around the semi-finals, depending on the draw, etc. So from that, and even Perisic, Croatia, always sent to yeah, yeah, well. yeah, 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 yep. Those guys are wily, man. They are wily. <laughs> Come on. Do you know, I, I really thought, Croatia, the way Croatia played, is how I thought that Spurs would play under... Conte. Under Conte. Not in terms of, um, not in terms of structure, not even in terms of that, not, not in terms of structure, not even in terms of that like, style of play, but in terms of like having that now... I just thought that we'd just be difficult to beat because we were smart. That's what I thought yeah. would happen. And it hasn't really happened that way. Yeah, I think I think Croatia are that, but I think their biggest, biggest quality, and, and you don't see it as much because now they're relying on their wisdom, but I think yeah. their biggest quality is in their midfield, in the trio of Brozovic, Kovic, yeah, 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 yeah. and obviously Modric. They, and prior to that Rakitic, they keep the ball extremely well. So under pressure, they're not necessarily looking sharp in attack, but under pressure, they can retain the ball. They outplay Brazil. They outplay most of the time teams they um, came up against, to be honest with mm. you. Right? And that's because yeah. they can keep ticking, it, ticking over. Even with a dodgy left-back, because I thought Sosa was the most shocking player I've seen in a Croatia shirt. Mm. But um, obviously Perisic is wily, knows the system, knows it well. So, yeah. I thought we'd have a Spurs player in a, in a final. I thought we'd have two in a final. Um, I didn't know which two. But if you wanted to bet, it would have been for me, Lloris, given a draw, and one of Richarlison or Romero. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I predicted I predicted that we had this, like, pool. And I predicted that Argentina were going to win it. Right? Mm-hmm. But I think, I think I had them meeting. I think I had them meeting in the final. I think I had them meeting Brazil in the final. Yeah, I think I had them meeting Brazil in the final. But, um... But, yeah, I just think that there was there were a couple of performances in there from first players that I thought were really, really strong and perhaps were not given... Well, actually, let me just say they weren't given the, the due that they were, they, were, they were deserving. I mean, do you have a best World Cup performance for a first player? So, I actually looked at this, right, and we think had 11 players go in there. And I, I was actually disappointed in a lot of the Spurs players' output um, okay. during the World Cup. Um, if you look okay. at someone like Son, I know he had some moments, but still looked like the Son we've seen this season. I'm sure we'll come on to that. I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, I thought Hoybier was poor throughout the yeah. World Cup, and he could just literally be drained because he played every second of every minute, um, mm-hmm. pretty much. I thought Bentacore did what Bentecourt kind of does, which is start some games slowly, then grows into the games and obviously got injured. But I thought he played really well against, was it Portugal? Yeah, I thought Portugal, he had a very good game. Against Portugal, yeah. he had a very good game. Um, I, we didn't see much of Matasar. Davis Rodon, obviously, didn't really do it for Wells. Um, Dai didn't get many minutes. Um, I'm trying to think who else was there, other than the ones I'm going to come on to. But then I thought Richie against... Um, Serbia was it Serbia or Switzerland where he scored the two goals yeah thought, Serbia yeah I thought he looked really sharp and this is not necess- I don't think I've got one outstanding I'm going to touch on a few um, but I think him against him in general as a number nine for Brazil looked really good and he hasn't done so for Spurs looked good as a number nine I know he's not had much opportunity to play there but his hold-up play for Spurs isn't the greatest. He loves to flick around the corner. The difference for him playing for Brazil, from what I found, was that he was just had to be at the on the end of things. Yes, that's a great, great point. Continue, continue. Yeah. Point, yeah, and I think he looked so much better 
And the goal he scored, the first goal outside the boot, was a great poacher's finish. And he looked accompli- an accomplished number nine. The second goal, which is what has been voted the goal of the tournament, was ex- absolutely exquisite. And you've got to have some confidence to try and do that. You've got to have some technique to try and do that. And maybe people argue his first touch was poor that allowed him to do that. But he's actually done it two times before. He's done it for Everton and I think Fluminese before. So is it okay. technique? poor technique or did he mean to do it if he meant to do it it, it makes the goalie twice as good no he definitely meant to do it man like we, as like, in the touch up yeah, yeah the touch up because the thing is it's like where his foot was right if he wanted to bring it down he could have tracked it down he could have done that do you know what I mean mm-hmm. but once you once you once you bring it up at that stage a volley's the only thing that's like yeah. and we've all like this is the thing right we've all seen people with not even a tenth of the ability of a charlatan, be on a five-a-side pitch and do a flick up the board, do do some kind of madness, and then when they do it on the, on the world stage, people are like, "Oh, was that even was that even intentional? What are you talking about?" That yeah, was, yeah. It was it was it was a thing of you. And it's the quickest way to get a shot off, right? Because you don't have to turn which the defenders expecting, and then probably turn back and then block it. He can't yeah. physically block that. As, as I, it I, is. We've, seen, we've seen it so many times when the ball comes in their pace and people bring the ball up and then they go for that shot and it gets blocked or the defender gets ahead in the way. Like, and then no one's questioning whether the, the initial touch was, was on purpose or not because it doesn't matter. There's no shot off. The debate only comes because the goal is good. Yeah, the, the only touch I question is um, Burkamp's goal against Newcastle. He didn't mean it. Don't care yeah, what. Because he's, because he's a bang on every fail. He's a bang on every fail. He just, <laughs> man, happened. He just happened. Yeah, it happened for it to fall into his path. He was talking about him being some kind of Dutch master, bro. You talking about? Have you seen Van der Vaart play? Have you seen Van der Vaart play? That's a Dutch master. That's a Dutch master, bro. Yeah, yeah, agreed, him. agreed. And I'm going to say this one um, two. England, France. Larice pinged the ball forty yards <laughs> to man's chest. Oh, to man's foot. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. When I saw that, yeah, I was like, that's coming up on the short side. <laughs> And I was thinking to myself, um, what should we say if it will be here, Brentford? Then he would just need to pass it to his, to his, to his left wing back. Yeah, he would just ping it into Rosette, bro. Bro, I'm like, it's just that like, one was wild. And, and the thing is, it's like. We've seen him do it before for Spurs, probably like 10 years ago, but now, like you say, everything's going well, Zed, or just falling short. So that that was interesting to see. And I thought he had a good game against England. I'm um, obviously got in Kane's head. But Kane's the one I want to speak to speak about here because I think he's our player, so obviously we're going to defend him. And listen, I criticise him for the penalties because I think he needs to evolve his game. He takes a lot of penalties. He needs to have a plan B. His plan B used to be side foot or chip down the middle. And the biggest stages, I'm just like, why not create or introduce a stutter? is going to dive. He wants to save it. There's keepers that you know dive. Ramsdale's one. Pickford's one. They always just dive. Chesney. You know what? That, that's, that's a good... That's, look, that's a good suggestion. But, like, when you've been doing it for years... The thing is, his success rate is obviously ridiculously high. People need to remember that. No, right, it is. Right. But, right, so, but so that stutter, that stutter, Andrew. Like, we've all seen it, bro. When we see that stutter step, bro, we're like, oh, you could be good at this. How many people do the stutter step? We're like, yeah, that's a goal. How yeah, but let me, yeah, I hear you, but I know Kane's not wily and, and he's not that kind of player. But my thing is this, yeah. Kane strikes the ball so well, right? So well, that if the keepers dive in, Kane doesn't even need to be looking at the goal, really, to be hitting left or right of the goalkeeper as he's dived, right, to score. That's why I'm saying maybe the wrong time to introduce it just there and then, but I think he should have had it in the back of his locker because, and I'll tell you why I say this, and this is why I say this. Is that the time to be doing it though, Andrew? No, no, no. I'm saying he should have been created this before that okay. moment. And the reason I say this is because I'm a Kane fan, first and foremost, but there is an argument that Kane's not a big game player, and I'm going to come on to that in a second. Um... But the reason I say that is because Kane's having a, a good season. He's not having his best season in terms of playmaking. He's not having his best season in terms of, I don't think, efficiency. But he's pretty much scoring every game 
I think his record's probably every, two goals in every, or even three goals in every four for Spurs at the minute. But yeah. it's solo goals. It's like one goal. But the reason yeah. I say that is, people know where Kane wants to take his penalties under pressure. Kane has missed three penalties now this season, which is unheard of. And we're only halfway through the season with the World Cup involved. Yeah, he's missed the one in Champions League, did exactly the same thing he did against Lloris in the quarterfinals. He's missed one Henderson, Henson, an England colleague, knows where he's putting it, saved it. Yeah. So he's now having to double think himself. Whereas if he introduces that ability to confuse, sometimes I stutter, sometimes I just put in a corner, then people have to think more so because he takes so many penalties that he needs to have something else. That's what I'm saying there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think overall, that performance of Kane, if he doesn't miss that penalty, that is a masterful performance from him. In the first half, he had Ampomacano on toast. Yeah, he did, he did, he did. He and did. kept England in the game. He did. And, now, and all people are going to remember is that he missed the penalty. Yeah. <clears throat> that would have yeah. been one of his... Like, he's not the type of player that's going to take three or four players on or necessarily do a brilliant piece of school to, like, impact the game and highlight the game. Um but what he did in that first half with his goal, understanding, body shape, etc., should have had a penalty. That should have been a penalty, without doubt. Yeah. Um, and I thought he did really well on the biggest stage. But the reason I say he's not... A, um, just a, That was my performance, by the way. But I just want to touch on... And Lero pointed this out, so credit to him. Um, no, if you want credit, you should get on the pod. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, it could, it could, this could have been a journalistic piece he, he wrote and then I just picked up oh. on it, right? Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but Kane, I know I've been speaking for a while, but Kane against, um, in the biggest moments, and, and this could be a problem that we have at Spurs, right? Because we have players that we know do not have the DNA of winning. Mm-hmm. And it's always been questioned whether Kane is unfortunate or does he fit into that DNA of not being able to win. And even Son. Um, I'm going to leave this out there before you go into your performance. But... Kane, in two of his biggest moments for England, in a Euro semi-final, yeah, Euro semi-final, you could argue a World Cup semi-final and a World Cup quarter-final, has had moments to deliver. And I know he's England's joint record goal scorer, but if we go back to Croatia semi-final, which would have been 2018, mm-hmm. Russia, He's a striker. Does he square it to Raheem Sterling? That's the biggest meme, one of the biggest memes ever. Um, that's a question. Euro 96, semi-final. He has a penalty against Michael. He misses. Yeah. People forget he misses. He scores the rebound, but he misses the penalty. If that gets yeah. parried and goes wide or for a corner, that's a missed penalty, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Quarter-final, he scored one. Five minutes to go, pressure's on to equalise, to extend the game. He misses. Mm. He hasn't yeah. played in many finals for Spurs where we've been a dominant side, but in the finals he has played, he's not really shown up. So I'm just leaving that out there for people to debate. But Kane could be part of the DNA that doesn't have to win the mentality, is all I'm saying. But over to you for your performance of the tournament. Yeah. That, that, that means that you've made some points about um, Kane. And I, I think in those moments, I have to agree, he hasn't been what we would have liked him to be. And I haven't seen, sometimes the circumstances, right? Champions League final, he's coming back from um, his yeah. injury. Shouldn't have played, shouldn't have played. Crowd shouldn't have played. Like, but then there are other times where it hasn't happened and I always get frustrated. Like this is one thing I used to get frustrated with Modric for when Modric was like, Oh, um I deserve to be paid Champions League, um, or you know, I, I deserve to win trophies. And I think to myself like, you're a generation like Modric was like my favourite player at the mm-hmm. time, right? And I think he's the greatest midfielder to ever put on a Tottenham shirt, right? Uh, yeah, I feel like strong argument, right? strong argument. Uh, and and but I always think to myself like you're fantastic player, but do we win and these games because of you? When you look at what Bale's doing and we look at Mudge, if when Bale said he needs to go because he went to play, like, I said, hey, hey, yeah, he yeah, drags yeah. us to fourth, bruv. They went to fourth, and because of Chelsea's fuckery, we we're gonna get it done. So if you want to go, <laughs> bruv, go. 
But I'm just like, oh, we don't win games because of you, bro. We don't win on these games because of you. But your your contribution and that, like, as a player and your quality is undeniable. And Kane wants to win trophies. He wants to win honors, right? So when given and the thing about Modric is he we never got to we never got to finals and stuff for Modric in, in the side. No. Kane, we've been to finals, bro. We've been to finals and you pulled on the shirt, you've let out the team, bro. And then the time I'm just like, well, you haven't been the difference. And it's hard. It's definitely hard. And it's something that we believe over time will be addressed and hopefully he'll stake his claim. But for now, he's still got he's still got still he's still he still needs he needs a big moment, big performance. He, like, and I'm talking about trophy winning performance. Yeah. And unfortunately that's what his legacy is missing. Not necessarily the medals like if if Kane, for example, we if we get to um, an FA Cup final, get to FA Cup final against Man City, right? Kane scores two goals, one assist. He takes out of his skin, and we lose four three. No good question whether he does it on the big, uh, in the big moments. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And the, thing about, and the thing about Kane is, every time he's given a setback, anytime he gets questioned, he comes back and he, and he does it. So I've got no concerns over whether he's able to prove people wrong because I'm pretty sure he will be. He's made his whole career on doing that. Exactly. So, One season wonder. Yeah, exactly. 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 So people talk about him like he's Ben Johnny or, or Boney or Fifteen or or Michi. Like that's what they talk about. Okay, Michi. It's not the same, bro. It's not the same. No, what's Michi? Is it Michi? No, oh, the Swansea player. Yeah, the guy yeah, you yeah, see yeah, that yeah, celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you can't um, yeah. see that celebration on yeah, the Yeah, they, <laughs> they can't see the very reason one. Um, but my performance at the World Cup, I, I think, would be um, would be Romero against Croatia. Mm-hmm. I thought he was aggressive in all the ways. Romero aggressive? Uh, no. He was aggressive in all, in all the ways you'd want your centre-back to be. But he was controlled because he, ex- he didn't have the extra support of having mm-hmm. being one of three centre-backs, right? So the tactical discipline also was there. Like, there was just so much that he did. Going forward, even, like, his contribution to Messi's goal as well was, like, undeniable. Stepping up and making the challenges when he's challenged. Like, he was so, so, so good. And it just once again reminded me that we have the tools, man. We have the tools because you see some of the players that, that performed at the World Cup and there are the makings of a great side in Tottenham. And for some reason, for some reason, those gaps, those little holes, I have questions as to whether they'll ever be filled. We played Brentford and we drew two all. We were 2-0 down at halftime. Like, we can talk about... You know, I tell you what, you, you give me your overview of the, of the game and how you saw it. Uh, are you familiar with the actor um, Bill Murray? <laughs> <laughs> Bill Mother, yeah, yeah. I've watched a couple of. I've watched a couple of his classics. Classics. Name, name a couple of his classics. Um, you know, Lost in Translation. Yeah, interesting one. Yeah, interesting choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghost, Ghost, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah, yeah. one, um, two, three. Probably the one that's given the most cultural <laughs> reference. Probably Groundhog Day. There you go. Exactly. Groundhog Day. And I, I can't say anything other than that. I mean, the selection was interesting because obviously Loris was sitting in the stand, but he went with Forster. I get why he went with Forster um, mm-hmm. because he played well in the mid preseason games. Um, Doherty, again, no surprise. The only surprise with Doherty that he selected him for right back are having excelled at left wing back, or sorry, right wing back, having excelled at left wing back during the mid-preseason. Um, Javit Tenganga played during the mid-preseason, did okay, but that was still a surprise considering that's his first start in the Premier League of, um, all season. And you mm-hmm. had Davison Sanchez there. Um, they listed it as dire left-sided centre-back, but he played centre, and Davies was just coming back. So, no surprise Long Longley was there. And no surprise mm-hmm. midfield, because obviously Bentacle's injured and suspended anyway, so couldn't have played. Um, so, the rest of it looked like the normal Tottenham side. And they played like the normal Tottenham side. Just, I really don't know what it is, and I, and I really don't think that Conte knows what it is either, because... I think this is a sixth game on the trot. We've 
conceded the first goal. Mm. Nine games on the trot where we've been behind in a game. Um, we're not keeping clean sheets. And, and the manner of it is we're conceding really shit goals. Let's be honest. The goals are just poor. No one's no. scoring well no these screamers, no. no screamers, no like... Just like basic defense, and it doesn't matter who's playing, it really doesn't matter. And I don't see how three center backs is helping us. I think yeah. I would rather we've touched on this. I think I would rather play four at the back, play with two defensive midfielders, which we kind of just, do anyway. It's just not his system, man. It's just I, I know, I know, system. I know, and play with the full backs high, like uh, um, play with Son closer to Kane, which I think is half the problem. But yeah, we just started slowly again. Again, and Brentford, let's not get it twisted. Brentford are a good side, right? The pitch was awful, by the way. The pitch was awful. But both sides have to play on it, yes. But Brentford go long. They're more direct than we are. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It is what it is. And they know how to play. Um, but I don't think that helped. But I think we were just so sluggish. And it's not like all the players that started were heavily involved with the World Cup until the final weekend. Like Perisic should have been the only one that had a hangover because he played into the last weekend and then was available and he's the oldest and then came mm. back and played. And Perisic, we're not seeing Croatia Perisic, by the way. And I'm not quite sure why that is. Yeah, we are definitely not, mate. Um, definitely not. And he plays high as well. It's not like he's he starts low and then has to get higher. And he's fit anyway, but he plays higher than he plays low. We're still not seeing. I think that Son Perisic partnership doesn't work and I'm not quite sure what it is I think mm, that's controversial you don't think their partnership works I, I don't think it works because I think Son I think Son's in a strange place anyway right period and I think part of Son's strange place is because I think last season he probably his average position was more central than it was wide mm. but you'll notice when he's wide Perisic is already there right Perisic doesn't seem to be overlapping, getting him behind, giving him that option and creating more space for him. He just seems to hang there, wait for a pass. And then I noticed in the second half, Son just didn't pass it to him when he was out there. He then ran in central. And I think whether he's lost the yard or losing the yard, that's a bit of confidence. Son's explosion to get away from players and maintain that distance away from players isn't quite there. Uh, so I think he's probably best first playing off of Kane getting slipped in behind where you don't need much space to get away and then you can get the shot off because he was creating moments for himself yesterday and it's probably the best he's been in a while by the Leicester 18 minutes. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't help. Our fullbacks didn't get forward. I say that Perisic was high but not used. Doherty wasn't getting forward in the first half. And we just didn't defend. We just don't know how to defend. But then we know how to bring it back. So this is why I blame Conte for all these constant poor starts, constantly not being prepared, constantly trying to manage the game for some reason in the first half and thinking it's okay to come back. But it isn't okay to come back because what happens if the opposition scores three goals in the first half? Right? We're not yeah, going to win right. games. We're not going to win right. games saying, hey, you have the first half and we'll win you the second half. So... I guess that's part of my issue. Like, I feel, I feel that we're constantly being told, like, oh, it's not how the manager tells them to go out and start slow. But then at the same time, we're wondering why is it as consistently happening? And to me, I agree with you. I think that the, I think companies will take complete responsibility for it because when, when we are starting fast, at the times in which you start fast, you start fast um, under red nap, you start quite argument and then the first like the first not first but second and third second third and half of the fourth season don't say his name under oh, fine 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 under fine. Um, we would um, we would start we, we would start quickly so it's like you know after uh, uh, under Martin Yo, we start really quickly mm. so it's like it's definitely a managerial thing Just let's not pretend like it's not it's definitely a managerial thing but management isn't it yeah, and it's going, to, it's, it's going to be a managerial thing. And if it's going to be a managerial thing, right, we need to be able to say, like, all right, cool, this is what the manager asked us to do. And it's clearly not working, right? Because we've not, if we started slowly while controlling the situations, then that's different. 
But we started slowly and conceding goals. Then we have to come back from that. It's like, that is long. That is very, very long. It's very, very difficult to come out, come back from the from a goal down in the Premier League, come back from two. And the thing is, the amount of times we've gone down by two goals I know, is what's I alarming. Know. Yeah. People say, oh, we go behind. We don't just go behind by one goal. We go behind by two goals. Coming back to win games by 3-2 or to, like, draw two goals. It's hard. It's hard. You can't do and that. He, he needs to address it. And his, his, the inability in nine games, but I think our last nine games, we conceded first, right, from playing slowly. This is where he shows his managerial worth. How what's he going to change to me that it happens? The personnel is not going to change vastly. We've still got the, the whole contract situation, which we'll come into later, hanging over his head. So you need to find whatever solution you can find within the team to mean that we're no longer doing this because this is is it's painful at this point. So you're not happy with the comeback, as in you're not like, oh, because one of the games I was like, this is crap. You're like you enjoyed the comeback 3-2, the best way to win matches, the perfect scoreline, I think it was. Um, but no, even four, you four, and our four, team... 4-3 four, three, four, three, four, three, yeah. Four, three, yeah. As I said, I knew it wasn't right. It was seven goals. I remember yeah, you saying yeah, seven goals. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the thing is, we're fatigued with this, right? We all must be fatigued with playing like dog ass in the first half and then coming back. Like, it's great that we can come back. It's great that we've got that character. But I think you touched on it um, about Croatia, right? I think Croatia obviously have one of the best centre-backs and probably the best centre-back in world football at the moment. Maybe Van Dijk's still up there, but Gravadio. Just don't know how to say his name, but we're never, ever going to get him now because after that World Cup performance, I know you got raped by Modric, and Messi, sorry. But other than that, he was outstanding. And Messi does that to a lot of people, even still. So... He's top three, top two wanted centre-backs in world football and we're not getting him. Let's be honest, right? No, no. But they defend well. But I think what we have a problem with, we always get outnumbered in midfield. We know this, right? And I don't understand why Kulu just isn't being told just to drop in there every now and again to make a three or even be the 10 in that three um, and let Son and Kane play ahead of him in however fashion they want, just so the numbers stack up. But what I think it is, because we get outnumbered, because with Basum and Hoybier, we're not the most creative on the ball, mm-hmm. we're inviting pressure. And because we've been told to manage and just soak up pressure and take the handbrake off in the second half, although he's not saying this, he clearly is, because this is tactic about managing and being smart and being wise and intelligent, the words that he uses, right? Mm-hmm. Jaffet Tenganga, Davison Sanchez, Eric Dyer, Emerson Royale, even Sessignon, Perisic playing so high, sometimes Lloris sweeper-keeping. We don't have the personnel to do this. I think he knows this. I think he wants to improve them. But I also think, and maybe lean on kind of Lero's theory, that his stubbornness is to say, I haven't got the type of player that fits my system. Give me the 70 million to go and get Bastoni or even get Skrinja or Gravadio when Gravadio was on the market for our market. Um, give me the player. Spence, be an example. You said you were right and you were right. I also said on the pod, I think before the start of the season, oh no, maybe one or two games into the season, that Spence won't play and he'll end up going alone in January. And it's looking. Yeah. Like he's going on loan in January. I say that to say that he's potentially got an alternative at right wing back. He clearly used that alternative yesterday in Doherty over Emerson Royale, who played against Nice in the last mid preseason game. And maybe not fit enough, but he's gone away from his favoured. And his favoured, let's be honest, is just rank awful as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. But he's still not trusting this guy. How how worse can Spence be than Emerson Royale? Like, how much worse can he be is the question I would just pose. Um, and he, he won't play him. And he won't play any of the kids. But he will persist with certain players. And I think he's just proving points. Because this contract is looming. And he always wants to be in control. Mm. And it's all mind games. And he knows Levy wants him. He knows the majority of the Spurs fan base wants him. He knows his track record. He also knows how to keep his track record in place. 
by his demands, by throwing his toys out the pram, by getting what he wants, which a lot of managers can't do. You keep them on a short noose in terms of, well, I'll leave tomorrow. We've all been there. We've all been there. When you've got the power, the upper hand, you know how to manipulate the situation. Right? I guess I'm at a stage now where I'm looking at him like, you can't believe that you were the first manager to try and hold Levy to ransom. There are managers who have done well, played their position, and then asked for more time or whatnot and not gotten it, right? There, there are managers who have taken Tottenham to, like, you know, previously unknown, like, levels and been disregarded. Like, swiftly. I don't know what Conte has seen or what's given him the belief that he can do this and not be reprimanded or not end up... Like, what makes him think he can beat Levy? Do you know what I mean? That's what I want to know. What has he seen? What does he know? That makes him believe he can beat Levy. Because I can write, look, we do want him there in general because we know he's a good manager. But it's got to a stage now where I'm just like, if we don't, if we're not going to back Conte, right, then we just need to let him go. But if we let him go, we also need to understand that if Conte is going, there can be no denying that this team is not going to change until the board changes. Like, I've stayed away from the whole, like, you know, uh, Enoch out conversation purely because. You can't like you can't sense, you can't take a board right unless they unless they want to go and sell the team like it's just not going to happen and so I'm like, all right cool this is who we're stuck with but then even that even that aside you look at it and you're like if we can't if we've had great managers which we have had we've had great managers we've had great team we've had um we've had great players and you'd argue that you needed two of those to be successful in any football team. But what we're finding is that if you don't have it all together upstairs, excuse me, bless you, it doesn't matter what we do. And so I've seen, I feel like I've seen what I need to see from Enoch. And if Enoch goes, if Conte goes and Enoch goes, cool. Because we need to see what can happen if we do things differently. The house working now, man. I don't know, man. I just don't think he can run. I just don't think he can run. I just don't think he can run. Because you, you guys have got a very a very particular manager, right? And everywhere he's gone, he's been given big things that he needs to succeed, right? He's been back in transfer market, blah, blah. If you're going to get a manager like Conte and you're not going to back him, you're wasting, you're wasting your time. Because he, even when places where he has been given what he needs, like he'll throw his toes out of time and still duck out. He yeah. can win the title still leave. Do you see what I mean? He can do that. So therefore, if you're not going to back him, let's just do us all a favour, man, and just move on. Because he's not signing the contract. We still don't know what's going on with that. We don't know. We don't, we don't see we don't see Daniel Levy backing him because we all know what Levy like. So there's that. Like, all these things considered, I would rather just get a new board in and see. Because look, Liverpool went through a period of anonymity, like, and they were drifting. They got a manager in. He was a good manager. They were fortunate enough also that... Um, well, fortunate is a long word, but um, they they learned from the Suarez mistake, right, in buying loads of people the same way we did with Madrid, with, um, with bail yeah. money. Yeah. And then they, they, they sold Coutinho for, mm. hand, for, for a handsome, handsome fee, and they bought the two people, top quality pieces that they needed, right? And they had, so they had a manager... And can I just add... How imp- how pertinent that is. I know we've discussed it before. I'm sorry to cut you. No, no. They got King's Ransom, over 130 million. And you know what they said? They identified two places of need, two positions of need. And they weren't glamorous positions. They were a goalkeeper and they were a centre-half. And they spent all that money on those two positions. Usually, you lose a creative midfielder and with that money, you're buying another forward type, goals, assist type player. They said no. Centre half. And he wasn't the best centre back in the world at the time. 
and the goalkeeper. And he wasn't rated one of the best goalkeepers in the world at times. Rated as a good goalkeeper at the time. And that's what they did. Sorry to cut you. I think that's pertinent uh, because no, no, you're right. we haven't you're done right. the same with centre backs. Exactly, 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 exactly. Because you look at look, we've done it most, We've been multiple times we get an opportunity, right? When Modric went, when Berbatov went, replacing Fraser Campbell. Carl Walker went. When Carl Walker, went. the thing is, even Carl Walker, right? On um, on the surface of it. Aurier made sense. When you think of no, not Aurier. Davison Sanchez was the direct money spent from the Carl Walker. If you look at the 50 million we received and then spent 42.5 million on Davison Sanchez. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Aurier okay. came after. Because remember, we had Trippier sitting there. Yeah, we did. We did. We did. We did. We did. So it's like, oh, I just don't trust our, I don't trust our board to make those decisions. And I feel like when you see what can happen when the right board supports the right manager, the right teams, I mean, there's no debate, man. It's where success comes in. And I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like I'm just, I'm just, I'm just over it. I need to see them change. There's a new year, Quab. There's a new year approaching. We're not going to leave it in the doldrums. We've got the draw, which may go down as two points lost or a point gained. With the others winning, it seems like a two points lost at the minute. But only the league leaders have beaten Brentford at their stadium. So, on that note, we go into a new year. We've already spoken. F their poxy little stadium, bro. The hell? <laughs> Don't be like that. Don't be big time, Charlie. Um, we go into the new year with new hope, new wishes. <laughs> We've been speaking off here about, you know, things that we're going to do, not necessarily for the new year, but changes, etc. So I'm going to turn into Ray J. If you had one wish. (laughs) 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 And I don't know Kim Kardashian. No, but if you had one wish for the new year, what would it be? It would be for... I mean, this is going to be a joint thing. Can I, can I do that? Uh, you make the rules, I guess. Go on, it was your question, so you make the rules. Conte, Conte signs a new contract. Signs a new contract on the condition. Conte signs a new contract and we get bought out by like... Bloody hell, I didn't ask for a miracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah we get bought out by someone because... It, do you know, I, I, I would actually love... To um to be bought out by like a by an American franchise purely because they a lot of them haven't believed that if you're not winning something that you, what's the point of you even existing like that's it the franchises are built to, they they built their their franchises are built to like win you know what I mean that's how they, that's the mentality they don't just do it, they don't go there just close to make the money the majority of them are always trying to win at some point so that's it. Okay, well, Cobner's answer for a miracle, guys. <laughs> Do not see Daniel Levy and Joe Lewis relinquishing control of Spurs right now, especially as the dollar-pound exchange rate isn't the greatest. No. Nope. Um, so, yeah, I mean, okay. I guess I'm going to keep it basic. I mean, I thought you were going to say that signs, Conte signs a new contract um, with the condition of transfer fees, so that'll give you two for one. Conte staying and us having a transfer. I was, um, I was thinking that, yeah, but that I, was thinking that, I, was, I was thinking that, but I'm sure he gave he was giving transfer assurances last window and he got Emerson. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there you go, fair enough. So, I guess if I had one wish, my one wish would be for a top centre back, and the reason I say that is. We've seen how Romero, you touched on the semi-final performance. I actually thought, even though Mbappe scored three, I thought he was pretty good in the final as well. And he played in the back four. So he can play in a back four. We probably won't go to a back four. But let's just say we've got Bastone in or a Gravadio. We are talking about wishes here, after all. Yeah, yeah. Having two, what I would deem, top 10 centre-backs in world football playing for your club I think that would work well. And then we can be gone with the likes of Dyer, not have to rely on Ben Davies having his best ever, 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 ever season. 
<laughs> Long lay, I'm not mad at um, as much, although he did lose Tony at the weekend. Um, yeah, he did. Sanchez and Tangag. We, I mean, our base would be so strong. And I think our base is probably the reason why we're struggling so much. Because we don't have a problem scoring goals. We keep on coming back. But like you said, we keep on conceding two goals. So if we could even cut that in half and only concede that's one. It. That's it. That's it. That's, a, that's not a mad thing to, to ask for. <laughs> no, it isn't. We're not, we're, not, we're not being crazy. It's not like insurmountable. Just don't concede <laughs> two goals, bro. In every, the first half of every game. Absolute madness. So yeah, if we if we can get a, a truly world class centre half in comparison to Romero, and I'm not talking somebody as crazy as him, but someone who balances him really well, probably slightly taller, dominant in the air, and you've got that combo of two ball playing centre halves at the back, left and right. Maybe even if they have to freaking flank Dyer in the middle, or even Longley, I'd be happy with Longley and um, uh, Bastoni, Gravadio one side and Romero on the other side. Um, mm. that, would, that would be my wish. Um, yeah. And hopefully we can get that. Achieve I that. Mine, I think mine's definitely more likely. Kwabna, <laughs> I'll let you go and have a nap now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. Guys, um, we appreciate you uh, and uh, thank you for actually just sitting with us throughout the year, man. Um, I think we'll, we'll get another one in we get that one in before the end of the year, right? Are we? Oh, no, we're, we are New Year's Day fixture. It's been moved, so we're first a chance, so probably after. Right. Cool. Well, guys, we appreciate everything and all the engagements, the comments, the questions, um, just the open conversation that we've had in this year, 2022. Um, there have been some ups, there have been some downs, and you've been here the whole time. So we appreciate you very, very much. Um, I think I'm going to yeah, I'm not going to ask anything for you guys. I think, you know, it's just about showing the gratitude. So thank you very much. Yeah, and before I get told off, it's episode 124. Thank you for being here with us, as Kwabna said. Keep engaging. Keep staying with us. We're a bit wild. We're a bit random. But yeah, I think we generally give you some good content. <laughs> generally, generally, generally. <laughs> generally. So yeah, man, um, we are going into... Um, going into 2023 on the back of a comeback so I guess the momentum's in our favour to smile <laughs> because 2023 is going to be we're going to go unbeaten on a winning streak of like 15 games and win the league so smiling the sun always shines the shell side please have a nap Lero run that out <laughs> <laughs>